When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Yes, yes. Welcome into another edition of the Tim McKernan Show. Questions from the audience, live on podcast from the HomeLoanExpert.com studios. I am your host, Timothy Michael McKernan, alongside the executive producer of this presentation, John Seymour, also known as the Sea Monster, and uh, in the HomeLoanExpert.com studios. Hey, uh, look, everybody, it's the Peoria Plowboy and it's Iggy. Hello again, everybody. Well, hello again. How are you? Wonderful, boys. Great to have you back. Love this segment. Uh, it, it, it continues to get an amazing amount of downloads. So in, in, in the content, it's always there for you and it's evergreen. So if you enjoy questions from the audience today, go back and enjoy some of the other ones and get to know the Plowboy. Get to know Iggy and get to know me here on the Inside STL Podcast Network. We're in the HomeLoanExpert.com studios. Ryan Kelly of the HomeLoanExpert.com, the sponsor of our studios. If you have not refinanced yet, you're leaving dollars on the table and you can take advantage of the escalating home values right now by going to the homeloanexpert.com, punching in the numbers and just seeing how much you can get right there. It's right there for you. It's the homeloanexpert.com, the staff second to none, the people second to none at Ryan Kelly, the homeloanexpert.com, the sponsor of our studios. So if you're looking to buy a home, if you're looking to refinance or, hey, you just know that there's an opportunity for you to make some money, well, go to the homeloanexpert.com and you can see how much money you can start saving today with Ryan Kelly and his outstanding staff at thehomeloanexpert.com. Gentlemen, uh, the audience has submitted all kinds of quality questions, and so now it is your opportunity to answer them. And we start with this one from the Barnhart Brawler. Is faith a reliable pathway to truth? Is there any position you can't take on faith, or is chili soup? You have a choice of two options. What the fuck kind of key questions are those? I'll just answer the second one. Uh, No, chili's not soup because it's got all kinds of veggies and meat, and if you throw crackers in there, it's it's more of a meal. There you go, done with that one. First part was a tangled web. Chili is definitely a soup, and it's my favorite soup. Oh, wow, you and Iggy with a major disagreement here. Look how tense it is in the studio now. It is tense, and I can't even look at it right now. I'm so pissed off. Right. <laughs> uh, but no tomatoes in my chili. That is a... Uh, no tomatoes. No tomatoes. Um, no chunks. I don't mind if you put a little tomato sauce in there for the thickness, but definitely no chunks of tomatoes. So, yes, chili is a soup. I will tend to is faith a reliable uh, pathway to truth. Is there any position you can't take on faith? Nah, I mean, I'll take the second one first. Uh, the answer to the second one is... Uh, 
you can take any position based on faith. So that's that's the answer to that. And is faith a reliable pathway to truth? I would say the answer to that is no. They're actually, even though they're kind of, like you said, Plowhawk, a tangled web, they're both, to me, very easy questions to answer. Like, yeah. you can suppose anything you want and then believe it or proclaim to believe it. Uh, so, therefore, the answer is any. And is it a reliable pathway to truth? Well, no. Because at the very least, you have uh, tens of millions, hundreds of millions, or in some cases, billions of people who believe there is this particular God, and then there's tens of millions or hundreds of millions of people who believe that there's this God, and then there's tens and hundreds of millions of people who believe there's this God, much less all the other subsets. Um, and then you have tens of millions of people who believe there is no God. So they all believe that's the truth. Uh, but is it a reliable pathway to truth? I would say no. So to me, actually, while a tangled web, and oh, what a tangled web we weave, uh, the questions, I think, I think, are easy. But we'll get to I'm, the hard yeah. one is chili soup. Yeah, the, chi- the chili soup thing is the one that I would really have to sit and, and ponder. Uh, how do you see... Your own maturation throughout the evolution of the show. As a listener, it's apparent when you compare the old morning grind days to now. I thought that was initially going to be for all of us, and it can be for all of us, but morning grind, I was the only one in here who was on that show, which essentially is the morning after, just with a different name. And that one started in 2004. Uh, Iggy, how would you compare yourself in 2018 versus 2004? And who were you working for in 2000? You know, that's when the morning started, for the record. Uh, probably 1380. I think I'd just gotten back from Springfield, so I'd have been working for the uh, Austin group. Um, but there's been no maturation whatsoever. <laughs> I've actually gotten less mature as the show is going on. Uh, i become more of a buffoon. Uh, I talk more about sex and things than I did before. Uh, so I've become less mature as the show has gone on. I don't know if that's good or bad, but it keeps me young. You know, I don't want to be an old fogey, so I, um, but the show, the show has evolved. Uh, it's gotten better and better and better and funnier and funnier, but uh, I don't think that has anything to do with me. Um, I just seem to laugh more at the, at the childish shit we do. Um, so I would say no maturation whatsoever. Um, but I've had more fun doing radio. Seeing as I was having my driver's permit when the show first started, I'll revert back to when I first started being on the show. Mature, I'm never mature, so I don't think I'm matured. I think my personality has changed a little bit more on the show. I think we played old clips or Swope had a, a nice sode about my uh, inception into the show. And when mm-hmm. I first was on, I hated Justin in Columbia, all the people that oh, took did you shots. Really? I, didn't know I got that. offended by it and I took it out on air. Really? And so I think going yeah, through I the show. I think back, you did, now that I think about it. And now going through the show, that's what makes the show and everybody gets killed. And that's what we love. Every Iggy gets killed a lot on the show and he is one of the nicest people I know. And so for me, I, I, I have learned to just take it with a grain of salt and just know that the show is the show and the listeners are great people. So mature, no, but my personality definitely has changed throughout the show. I listen to every once in a while. It's not like I'm like, oh, let me go listen to myself from 2005 or something. But they'll pop up maybe like on a Swope's Picks or something. And I hear myself and I'm I've I said this to Anna Marie, I think, within the last few weeks, just disgusted for real, just disgusted. I'm so like, what a fucking prick. That's what I think. <laughs> I mean, it's just like 
How did Martin and the cat put up with that? I, I it, 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 if, if you are a new listener to the morning after over the last handful of years and you would listen to me on the morning grind, you'd be like, what in the world was going on there? And I listened to it and I was the person and I don't know what in the world was going on there. So I don't know if that's necessarily maturity. I don't know what the hell was going on. I know I was going out a lot. Uh, this isn't like some big drug or alcohol reveal. Uh because I don't even know what narcotics I've done since 2000, and it, whatever they would be, it would be marijuana, and that's it. Good for you. Uh, and then I certainly was drinking, but I, was, I would never, like, drink, you know, to the point where I was drinking while on the air or anything like that or drunk or anything like that. I guess we'd go out, and I would be out until 4 in the morning. My life was just different. I don't know. But this isn't about, like, since Jameson's been born. This is, I could have said this in 2012. Um, I don't know. I don't know, but I hear that, and it makes me sick. But I've heard, because everything I do, of course, is essentially the one-cent version of Howard Stern. I've heard him say the same thing. And I've listened, I don't like his older shows. Um, his voice is certainly different. I don't think my voice is necessarily different. But uh, it's, my personality is just like, ugh, it's just awful. Like, for real. I don't know how Martin and the Cat put up with it. I guess they just had to. But, ugh. So I don't know if, like, in 10 years, if I'm still doing this, and somebody asked about what I thought I, when I was, like, 41, if I'll go, oh, my God, what a dick. I don't think so. I really don't. But then again, if you would have asked me in 2005, do you think you're being a dick? I would have said no. So perhaps the self-awareness is higher. I don't know. But, my God. Now, I guess the only clips I hear are, you know, small sample sizes. But, God, mighty. I don't know. I think also, I think from operating a business, you have a lot more empathy for you can't. It's difficult to get really worked up about sports decisions because once you've been on the side of being the target of criticism and you know that there are things that are out there in the public that people think, but you have a choice. You either correct those things. But if you do, you're throwing people under the bus, even though I don't think you're throwing people under the bus. I mean, they're the ones that fucked up, but... Then you're explaining it, and then in turn it embarrasses people, so you just kind of sit there, you got to take shit, and it, it sucks, but that's the reality. Um, and now I go, yeah, that move by John Mazalock or Doug Armstrong or Take Your Pick made no sense. You know, I think 10 years ago, God, what the hell did I think and scream about it? Now I'm kind of like, yeah, there probably was a reason, and that person probably was injured, and that's probably what went on, and... I don't know. I don't know. I guess I see things a lot differently now, more gray, which I know is super cliche, but then it does, it, it just, it, but at the same time now, I feel like my personality in 2005, 2006 was like either ahead of the curve, so to speak, on the screaming and hot, not that I was screaming a lot, but just like really obnoxious. That's really in vogue in 2018. Yeah, you made a million cool. bucks. I know. Been it's like, yeah. Fox Sports One back then. Right. I mean, it's just, but it wasn't necessarily about sports. It was just like, God, it's like people give the cat shit for interrupting. I was the interrupter. I was the interrupter. So now I guess this is a cat getting me back for, interrupt, for interrupting him for the first few years of the show. Uh, your funniest moment you ever had on TMA. I think I got a good one here. Let's see if you boys can, I can think correct I me. Mine. And th th again, I didn't think about this in advance. I'm just jumping. I think it's my mom nipple tat story because that one lasted a couple of days. I think that one was probably the one I most got killed for. And probably when you think about 
pretty funny that I revealed that my mother, who has no part of the show, has a ladybug nipple tattoo. Right. I think that one is an early front runner. I'll probably think of more, but for right now, it's got to be the nipple tat. I don't know. I'm trying to think of the funniest I ever laughed on the show. Oh, tuna fish emails, I think, maybe mine. Well, after that, it was the email. Was it uh, Tunnel's email that we just couldn't get through it, and we just laughed so hard? I know Timmy laughed through the entire email. I do a lot of those. I was on the floor. A rare appearance from the sea monster, it appears. Well, I believe Iggy is referring to Misty Plops's Viani Dad's calendar. That's, yeah, that's, that's a calendar. That's a really I've never good laughed one. so hard in my life <laughs> really good in that email. So well, yeah. um, I think the when we had Kitten Natividad in and Seika, <laughs> great moment, and time. Jay yeah. being in there um, was a fun one because we had to dump them three times to the point where. Uh, we're out of we're out of room. Right, we can't hit the dump button again because we're about two minutes behind. So please don't say cock or blowjob again because we can't get through it. And then they put the old feet up there, and I think I went over to Stratton's and I brought in some ketchup and mayonnaise and mustard and uh, condiments uh, for yeah, the FFM. Con- I think that was the first condiment use. But uh, nice. I have to go to that the the hardest. I mean, I laugh every day, but I can't remember laughing as hard as I did. When the Viani calendar came in. That was a classic. Yeah, a good email. That was a classic. It was the way that it was written. The content was wonderful, but the way it was written, oh, look over there. It's Javier. <laughs> <laughs> now, the price at the end, you can get one for nineteen ninety nine, two for like forty nine ninety five. Uh, what came to mind immediately, although I'm sure like this will lead to like a thread on the TMA fan page, uh, but was when we were live on the air... And Weezer was our intern. God, I missed the Weezer. And we, and we were days. going through, and I don't know why we went through his what Facebook. What did I think of this? God. Fan, or not his fan, his Facebook page. And I mean, I still don't know how to explain it. it it's never been really solved. The, the answer was, what, haven't you been to a barbecue? But I mean, he had essentially what was soft gay porn with himself oh in it God. on his own Facebook page. I mean, there's no other. He's, he's dressed up as a lady. <laughs> he's naked wearing leather briefs with other guys with their legs in the air. I mean, I don't know how anybody could look at that and go, you know, and then we're, we're, we're asking him and he goes, well, what, haven't you been to a barbecue? It couldn't have been a more non sequitur answer in response to the question. And we discovered it live on the air. And I don't know why. We were scrolling through his, his Facebook page. Seamaster with another rare appearance. I actually have knowledge on that as well. <laughs> uh, Weezer had talked about going to the gym with his mom and how good a shape she was in. <laughs> yeah. So Joe Roderick, who was friends with him on Facebook, decided to see if he could find pictures of the mom and uh, got a little bit more than he bargained for. And that's what made the, the thing so much better is Joe Roderick would... But calmly chime in randomly saying, oh, I found another one of him with a uh, gooch hanging out of his shirt. You know, things like that made it even better when you found more oh pictures. God. I mean, he was all made up like a like a cute little lady. The fish hooks and the nipples. Yeah. Oh. I mean, and he's like in bed with guys. And, and he wasn't like, oh, my God, I can't believe you guys discovered it. He was like, no, I don't get why you guys are so. And it's like, listen, if you're gay. God bless America. Whatever. I never asked. I didn't, didn't. Don't care. But he was insisting that he was straight, 
but yet he's in bed with a number of gentlemen in leather and like chains and he's made up like a woman. I just don't know with how. His, with his answers, it was almost as if, what, you guys have never been to a frat house? I mean, this is what happens. For me, it was mind blowing. And Weezer, that era of interns was so good. It was good. a strong time. Weezer and Donnie Most. Donnie Most. And right after that, you had Evil David Letterman that lasted two days. And that 40 or 50 year old semi pro wrestler, Curtis, those guys were great. <laughs> Didn't one of them, wasn't one of them like the one who was pissing on the floor at the oh, old station? Oh, who was that? Well, I don't want to name the name. I forgot I'm who not it was, sure, and I don't feel like dealing with any. That was a good time. I remember the owner of the station, who I have a great relationship with, Bert Kaufman. He said, well, one of your people is intentionally pissing into the floor. There was like a grate on the floor. <laughs> yeah. I'm going, God, all right, there's no, unless like I'm about to learn something about these guys I've worked with and like don't think <laughs> twice about as far as doing anything sketchy like what in the hell and it turns out it was one of our interns who for whatever reason even, even though the toilet was right there he would piss into the floor god and like how do i answer that i, I mean i don't know what to say it was so sticky too oh that bathroom was a disaster <laughs> that was now a you have full... a gentleman intentionally pissing on the floor i mean what in the world mm. oh my god uh let's see what we've got here um you can time travel back to any time period at any location and visit it for a week. What you got? That's easy. And this is a typical stoner answer. So you're going Woodstock? Woodstock. See, I, I just like that era, too. Yeah. You know, that late 60s, nice early play, 70s. Though. I think it's a nice play. I think the free love, I think I would fit in so beautifully. Yeah, you would. And so I think that would be the time period or so the you're week 69, that I would upstate New York. Yep. Perfect. Iggy, what do you got? What do you got? Hell, I'm curious I don't know. on this one. I'm you going back to Spartacus? I could again, yeah. <laughs> go back to the Roman Empire back in the uh the fall of Cleopatra um in Egypt. Um I think I would like to go back to the maybe mid nineteen twenties. <clears throat> the roaring twenties pre stock market crash and live in about? New York and be doing what I do now. And be able to cover Lou Gehrig and Babe Ruth and see that whole era of Yankee baseball and see some of the great players wow, of all very time. very sports. Or I figured this would have something to do with like hedonism or something like Marley or something like nah, that. It gets old. You had enough. <laughs> I've had enough. I mean, I've had enough of that where I don't need to go back into the heyday of the porn industry in the 60s and see Bush. Um, no, probably that because I, I just can't imagine how cool it would be knowing what you know now to be able to rub elbows with Mickey Mantle, or not Mickey Mantle, but Babe Ruth, Lou Gehrig, uh, Miller Huggins, guys of that era. And then you have the other teams coming in. You know, you get to see the Ty Cobbs maybe a little bit earlier than that, Honus Wagner, just to be able to see some of the greats of all time and just hang out and have the job you have now and after the game, you know. Babe, would you say that was a long home run today? <laughs> the Cal May. While he's eating a hot Bronx. dog and swigging a beer and got a hooker lined up next door. Yeah. Now, that'd be kind of cool to hang up in the 20s in New York. I, I My inclination, and this is like textbook white male in 2018 answer, because it's kind of become like the stereotype of like a wing of voters. But I just feel like the 1950s, if you were a certain member of a certain demographic, for the record... Uh, was just like a happy, easy time. Again, in parentheses, I recognize for a certain demographic. But I see these pictures of like my parents in the 50s, 
uh, and other people in the 50s. And I feel like, you know, the U.S. was like the middle class was huge. Uh, and I feel like it was just a and it could be wrong because you automatically it's 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 the it's the penance of nostalgia is to assume that everything was better. It's like when I talk with people now who have like a 10 year old and they go, oh, enjoy these times. And I'm going, God, you're saying this is like the greatest time. I love my son, but he, he, he can't sleep. He screams. I mean, you're telling me this is the best because it's, it's like, I mean, this is, you know, but I think what happens is when you see your kids and they're like 10 or 15 and they're like have zero interest in hanging out with you anymore, you think about when all you did was have them, but then you forget about, you know, the crap that came with, you know, uh, an infant. So um, along those lines, I have like great nostalgia for the 1980s. I have great nostalgia when I think about my high school days at St. Louis U Higher, my time at the University of Missouri. But I know when I was living there, I wasn't like, man, this is the greatest I was thinking, this kind of sucks. I have no money. You know, uh, I get cut from every fucking team at St. Louis U High. It's miserable. So maybe I'm looking at it too nostalgically. I didn't experience the 1950s, but I kind of get that vibe. Like being in the U.S. right after winning World War II, I would imagine, would probably be pretty... uh, I guess if I had to pick something that would just be really interesting from a historic standpoint... uh, would I would either again? This is this is I'm, I'm having a big religion answer, uh, religious answers to these things. The week of what is called the Passion of the Christ to see what the hell happened once again. Uh, to go with more recent history, uh, I don't know what week you would take from the American Revolution. That would be fascinating to to see what was going on. I don't I don't know what particular event though it's not like watching guys sign the declaration of independence would be all that interesting uh, maybe to be there when you throw them like a couple of trout and say can you feed these 500 people let me see it see what the word is yeah so i'm just i'm just trying to i feel like there's plowhawk you had an answer that was an insta call for you uh Iggy, you had a very nuanced answer i feel like you guys did better than me on this one i'm disappointed in myself i mean so maybe something will click if you're in front of a computer right now while you're listening to this Go to carltoninsurance.net. It will take you two seconds to type that in. Go to it right now, carltoninsurance.net, and just get a quote to see what the good word is. Ask yourself a question. What's my insurance company doing for me? Then go check them out on Google and Facebook and see what they're doing for others in your community. There's a reason why James Carlton's agency has the kind of reviews on Google and Facebook that they do. I went into his agency met the staff, and was thinking to myself, man, he has a lot of people working for him. But the reason for that is so they can provide top-of-the-line customer service. And that's why they get the reviews that they do. It's James Carlton, James Carlton State Farm Agency, carltoninsurance.net, or 314-961-4800. That's 314-961-4800. Make sure you let them know that you heard about them on the Tim McKernan Show on the Inside STL Podcast Network. If your insurance costs a leg and an arm, Call James Carlton, State Farm. Has there ever been a time when you've been annoyed by each other? So I'm going to expand this to the, the quote-unquote cast. Oh, I mean, it's like, it's like, do I go into like being super, super, super honest? And I know that's what people want. But then it's like, I got to kind of, the truth, the real truth is, is that the answer is n- like almost never, for real. And everybody in here knows that that's the truth. Uh, and if Doug and the cat were in here, they would say the same thing. Uh, and if you want to go back to Martin, he would say the same thing. And the pro- producer Joe, I guess, 
<laughs> we would get annoyed with each other, but it was like an almost like a brother way because he would just throw fits. And I just never understood why I was throwing fits, especially once Inside STL owned the show. I'm like, dude, what are you like back there, like stomping around about and huffing and puffing and like bitching up? A st- I just don't get I, And I still don't to this day. I still don't. But whatever. He, that that was the way it was. But it was never like it was. All, we always we always knew almost with everybody who's ever been on this show. Here's what I will say. For certain. Here's what I will say. There has never been, well, there has almost never been anybody who has worked on this show who while, and I'm talking about worked, so I'm not including like evil David Letterman and interns. Great guy. Great guy. I'd love to bring him back for another internship. Yeah. Where I ever even thought twice about, and I'm going to talk about like, like I'm blind loyalty, like I need people to kiss the ring or anything like that. It's just like unspoken. Don't fuck with us. I'm not, and by that I mean the outside. It's like we're you can you can try and break so and so against so and so. It just isn't going to happen. It just isn't going to happen. Don't fuck with us. And then if you do, you'll see what winds up happening, because it has happened. And then you see what winds up happening. So it's just, but it's kind of unspoken. It's not like Doug and the cat and I are on the phone all the time. We hardly ever. It's almost awkward when we're on the phone, actually, which is a weird thing, as we sit there and talk to each other for three hours a day, fifteen hours a week. Um. But it's just kind of one of those things, and it's 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 and I, and it's a weird thing to try to convey to the audience because you pro I guess maybe it'd be like being on a team that's really close, and then if you have management try to fuck with one of the team members, you don't choose management because you know it's the team that wins, not the management. And we've seen it happen over the years, and you always see what winds up happening. We either leave the place and then it goes out of business, or order is restored so to speak so you know uh it's it's difficult because i there's certainly more i could say and i know everybody wants me to say more who are listeners to the morning after uh and someday i'm sure i will but uh but for real uh we i mean it's it's a it's a weird deal i but like i said earlier about like my behavior during like 2004 5 6 working on the morning grind like I could see, like like Martin going, "What in the hell's your problem?" You know, but it never really happened. Uh, so I don't know. That's that's my that's my long winded answer without maybe saying anything. Although I guess I did say something. I don't know. No, I can say with this group, I've never come in during the show or left the show annoyed at anybody. Um, now you go back in the day with Prod Joe, um, <laughs> maybe a little annoyed that. And I don't think I'm saying anything out of out of turn here that, you know, I was the other producer on the show, but Joe always wanted to do everything himself. So he'd be have, he'd have trouble getting guests. And I would see the you know, with the text and emails, uh, Timmy, I'm getting turned down by these six guys. Any ideas? And I would text him and say, dude, let me know what you're what you're looking at and I'll help you out. I'll, I'll get it. I'll get it done. I'll take care of it. So I got a little annoyed that he never wanted my help with anything. And I finally just got to the point where I was, fuck it, go ahead, do it all yourself, yeah. I don't care. Um, so that I would say a little annoyed that he didn't want me to be part of him helping him produce a show. Um, but personally, nothing has ever annoyed me than anything you guys do. Uh, I don't know. This current crew, definitely not, and I think I know who you're, and then I have the same one, but we're not going to dive into names. I think the only time I ever get annoyed on the show is a Doug Vaughn Trump rant. 
and I and they're funny too. But I think I just you hear it and you go, oh well, five minutes off the show, here's a rant, and then so I think the political talk from Doug is yeah. extreme, but he that it does never it gets, because it's funny. It, it, it's because I choose not to engage. Yeah. Because yeah. I don't feel like it's going to be like, oh, yeah, that's interesting. I hear what you're saying. Okay. it's not, That's not what it is. It's like yeah. we're going to be screaming talking points, and it's like, well, here's what Hannity said last night, or here's what I did for <laughs> Breitbart. You know? So I'm, I'm just th- – th- that's just not that's – not, that's not the kind of conversation I find yeah. to be all that interesting. But I don't – but I also don't get mad about it. I've had people – I, 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 I had somebody I would consider a friend, actually, which was really weird, uh, text me and say, hey – you got to do something about Doug's likes <laughs> on Twitter. And I'm going, the fuck are you asking me to? What's, why is it? First off, why? I mean, you're a friend of mine. Like, I would, I could, like, see that popping up, like, on a Facebook DM, like, from some lack of self-awareness mm-hmm. guy. But, like, a friend of mine. Like, what is up with you? And, hey, man, Doug has every right to like whatever he wants to like on Twitter. I don't give a shit. It just yeah. doesn't. It just doesn't. He thinks what he thinks. I obviously disagree with a lot of it. But... I think the ability to compartmentalize politics versus what you feel about somebody personally is something that is a lost, it's not even a lost art. It's just like a declining part of American culture right now. And it's a weird deal. Um, You know, but I mean, I have heard people say, and I guess if you think about like, I could never be with somebody who voted for Trump or I could never be with somebody who voted for Hillary. And I guess if you, try to like dive into that as opposed to just go what a fucking ignorant thing to say if you do go okay well if you voted for this person then therefore you have some personality traits that i personally don't find attractive i guess i can understand it but like i think about it and it's like i know my parents and anna marie's parents at least i think i'd be shocked otherwise voted for donald trump but I also know that they're not racist, and I also know that they're really good people. So when I picture a Trump voter, I don't picture, like, the guy on Twitter who's got, like, a picture of his dog and then, like, the two flags over the dog, you know, and, like, a quote from the Bible to justify all of the fucking horrible, malicious shit things he's saying to other people on Twitter and somehow, like, be absolved of it because he has a quote from Scripture. That fucking crap that goes on. Uh that's not who I picture when I think of a Trump voter, you know, and I, as somebody who voted for Hillary Clinton, who walked out of the uh, booth in November 2008. Feeling good about yourself. Oh, my God. I was so happy and proud. And I, and I have to say, if it weren't for Sarah Palin, I would have had a really tough decision because I thought the mm-hmm. world and still do think the world of John McCain. I just was so just like horrified by that. And I'm sure internally he probably is, too, although I don't know if it would have mattered in the outcome. Uh, but either way, uh, I didn't feel that way in November 2016. It wasn't like I'm like, I just voted for the first female president. I'm like, God almighty, how did it get to this point that these are my two main choices? And you I don't want to feel like I called out Doug. I love Doug to death. And Doug, if he heard this, which he won't because right. he doesn't podcast at all, he would <laughs> no. know that I love it. And, it's, and I, it, annoyed isn't the right word. It's just kind of the, oh, here we go. Well, it's like a behavioral thing. thing, which is fair because I have – I mean, who knows? Because it's gossip. Who knows what the hell people say? I mean, this happens to be the truth. And I'm sure if people go, well, if there really was a problem, you guys wouldn't talk about it. There have been issues in recent times. Seamaster and I had an awkward spot, now, but I don't know if he wants me to get into it with his car a few months ago, which I feel fucking <laughs> terrible about. But it, but it wasn't like it was like a two-day thing, and it was just a misunderstanding. 
I think what people are asking are like, what do you guys, do you guys get along? And the truth is we do, but we also oh, yeah. never hang out. Like, I don't know if any of the six ever hang out with each other. We have six have different personalities, too, which right. is odd. I other mean, than a station function. No, it's not <laughs> yeah, like right. we call each other. Hey, guys, want to have dinner tonight? Right. It's no. just, a, But I also think that's good. I think it would be bad if, like, two or three were hanging out and then yeah. three weren't, you know? So I think it's good. Um, it, it's not intentional. It's just kind of the you way. You create it, your uh, eye bond situation, if that's the case. Yeah, well, I mean, it, fortunately, that case, you know, we've never, we really, I mean, we're, and I think it's probably one of the reasons why the show has been successful. But as I've heard, there have been shows in St. Louis, for example, I can think of, and out of respect for them, because I don't know it to be true, where you're like, oh, yeah, those guys got to get along super well. And they, as it turns out, they hate each other, you know, or they don't talk. And then I guess like what happened with Greenberg and Golick, uh, at the end of that show mm-hmm. and who knows what the hell really happened what an awkward spot that is you know like if all of a sudden Howard Stern and Robin Quivers couldn't get along or something like that and well, you, a, you watched the 30 for 30 Mike uh, and the Mad Dog yeah, they, they had a, a two month thing where they didn't talk at all yeah. how difficult would it be to do that's a, a I, I, can't ima- like that. I can't imagine especially yeah. for a show that is based on chemistry which mm-hmm. is what ours is that would be so difficult now for just spouting stats and it's like well I hate this son of a bitch but you know <clears throat> That'd be tough because then it'd be like, oh, is that personal? Like, I, we just don't take stuff, and it's it's just it's just you know. And but I think that's one of the reasons why there's been this longevity, is because you just uh, almost without exception <laughs> have never had a situation where you go, oh, you got you got you got a problem in the room, you know. And that's so important. So for as much as producer Joe would like have his hissy fits behind the mm-hmm. glass, and it was really almost weekly, uh, it was never like personal, and it was I always knew. That if shit ever went down, he had my back, I had his, and it goes without saying that that's the way that it's been, like I said, almost throughout the duration with every single person who has worked on this show. And uh, and at, at, like I said, that's the truth. And I don't know how other shows where there actually is an issue, how they handle it, because you're not going to like say, yeah, I, you all, I'm glad you asked because I can't stand Jim Hayes. <laughs> finally, I can, finally somebody asks. And now it just so happens. But I mean, I think it's also pretty obvious, you know, I mean, if it weren't, it'd be... Uh, so following up on that, uh, uh, Rob Audrain, uh, he asks, what's the worst part of the job? Because I'm sure people listen to it and go, my God, this has got to be the greatest way to make a living that you, I mean, next to like being like a professional athlete or movie star or something like that, at least from a, what seems like a fun way. Now, obviously the compensation is different, but the worst part of this job, what is the part of what the worst part of this job? Yeah. Going to be honest. Of course, money. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, but that's a great answer. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 be honest, and it's not just this job; it's just radio in general. There were mm-hmm. a couple of years where I was making pretty good money, probably more than I should have, but I had owners that were willing to throw money at me to do certain things, um, so it was fine. Um, but if I retire at sixty-five, I think uh, uh, my social security—I think I'm going to get six hundred eighty bucks a month <laughs> to live. Um, just from working in radio all these years, making no money. Mm-hmm. Um, now that's my choice. I enjoy doing radio and I know it's not a way to get rich being a producer. And if, unless you're a, you know, like yourself and some of the top talk show hosts, uh, in the state and country, you're going to make money because you're good at what you do. You bring in the money. I don't bring in any money. Um, my God, they even drop drops of the week. I don't have that anymore. <laughs> drop um, drops of the week. The sponsor. Oh, um, but I know as a producer, you're not going to make a killing, but it's mm-hmm. something I enjoy doing. Um, it's it's a job that you like getting up every morning and coming to work. 
So you can't put a dollar value on <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah, no, I mean, I get true. it. And I, I, you yeah, know, I, I know what you're saying. I totally know what you're saying. And yeah. it's, it's probably the right answer. Yeah, and I've, tr- I've turned down other jobs where I could have made more money at certain times, but I was happy doing what I'm doing. I wasn't always in it for the money. Um, so I'm not going to blame anybody, you know, because when I retire, I'm going to be living on Skid Row um, or with my sister in Florida. She doesn't know that yet. Um, <laughs> she podcasts. Um, get the room ready. Um, but that would be the worst part of the job is that, you know, you know, I, I'm dreading tomorrow and Wednesday because is my car going to start at 20 below because I can't afford a new car. You know, those are the things that, you know, kind of wears on you. But, you know, hey, I enjoy coming to work every morning, so I'm not going to fucking bitch about it. I l- Which I just did, though, by the way. certainly <laughs> love the job, and uh, it's hard for me to point out flaws, but I, I would say after going through the man and the woman would be stability of the industry itself. Like, am I going to have... It's a very good answer. You know, I don't well, have, these like... are both very good, astute answers. And it's not like I have a retirement plan in place, so I would need a secondary job. So always thinking about... What would I do if, you know, Station X were to go under or, you know, the show decided to take a hiatus? You know, where would I be in a month from that point? And that's always, you know, you try not to think about that. But other than that, I think the stability would be the main issue. Not even issue, but problem for me maybe in the future of radio where I'll be, you know, if it does take a shit. I'd like to think that that issue right there, the stability issue, and I said this on a a questions from the audience a few weeks ago i think i think i think i don't know because if i knew i would do it uh is mitigated by podcasting now the x factor in that is how much revenue can be generated from podcasting and and i'm because like almost everybody has a podcast now but i'm talking about actual podcasts that are operated as businesses so as i've said before if the man or woman thing were to happen in 2018 as opposed to five years ago in 2013 I don't think I would have been as, oh, my God, I got to go find a radio station Mm -hmm. as I was then, which says that's only five years difference. Um, The money thing, you know, I I just if if, I don't know, it can get into an awkward conversation. But I guess the way I view the money thing is you take care of the people who are responsible for the revenue generation, not just financially, although certainly that's it. Roman numeral number one, but also making sure that they're happy. And sometimes making sure that they're happy can simply be by leaving them alone. You know, that that's where I would fall in. I don't really, you know, I'm, I'm happy to offer my feedback and I realize I'm in a different spot because I have operated stations, but, uh, you know, I mean, I, 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 like some people just, they know how to do their job. Like nobody needs to be a a program director, so to speak, you know, like when we think of like a Jason Barrett program director, I'm not talking about just, you know, somebody who helps with production for like, you know, the morning after Frank Cusimano, Martin Kilcoin, Frank Opinion, you know, um, we've all been doing it for a while. All of us have audiences and there's, there's no need for that. So I would make sure a guy such as yourself, assuming the money's there, but that's why when I managed, I tried to be as transparent as possible without getting into the awkward thing of, well, I make this and I know you make this and I need to make another, you know, 25,000 while you're going, motherfucker, I don't even know if I make 25,000, you know, so that 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 but say, here's the money because we can't argue with the numbers. And I always liked that. I like that style of managing because then it's not like, well, I don't think Tim likes me, you know, and then you get into that bullshit. Well, here's our situation. Here's what we have to work from. Here's here's what each show 
is bringing in. So it's like it's like John Mazalek sitting with his staff and going, you know, here's what we got. And then you justify it. The problem with radio and why it gets into oftentimes drama, first off, the personalities who are attracted to it. But then secondarily, the information the audience has is completely different than what the management has in regard to the numbers. But the numbers dictate every business decision. But it's perceived as, oh, you, you got fucked. Well, actually, your show is losing, you know, six figures and there's another show that's going to bring in money. Uh, or something happened off the air, but we're not going to air what happened, and but you got fucked, you know. And then the person goes, "Yeah, I did get fucked," and they go to social media. And again, this is not everybody, but or they go to Dan Caesar, and you know. And so, speaking of which, what's the worst part of the job? <laughs> Honestly, I, I mean, I, I guess you could say waking up early, but that doesn't really bother me. I kind of, I don't mind. I really love having that time in the morning. Um, for me personally. It's waking up on Friday mornings when Dan Caesar is writing about our business and getting it wrong and, and reading incorrect things about your life and your <laughs> career. And I don't think that Dan does this by any means. Let me be clear on this intentionally. I don't. I don't. I, I truly don't. Uh, it's just it, 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 it's a unique spot because it always gets a lot of clicks Uh it's the, the business and the people in it are portrayed all with one brush, when in reality, I'll, I'll name the people in the lineup at this radio station, Jim Hayes, Doug Vaughn, myself, you three fine gentlemen here, Brian Hoffman, Frank Cusimano, Martin Kilcoin, Charlie Marlowe, TJ Moe, Cam Jansen, Eric Messersmith, John Hadley, Frank Opinion, and uh, his crew, Dan Strauss, uh, if I'm missing anybody, I apologize. I'm hoping not to miss anybody. I have Matt Rocchio, David Solomon, and yes. I think that's it. So my, my point is, of that group, how many of those people, you go, oh, God, shit starters throughout their career. <laughs> but what gets clicks is writing about the, 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 quote, drama of it, when in reality, it, it's just, and so, like, I get that that is the strategy, but then don't lump those of us who haven't been involved in drama in with, you know, yeah. drama. And that's, so that's frustrating. Like when he calls and asks a question, I'm like, oh, my God, I know where he's going and it's wrong and it doesn't matter what I say. And again, I don't think I think he's either been told something that's not accurate or it's going to be the thing that one person's saying. And he's got to and it's just it's like so when he wrote his year end thing in 2017 and I actually read it and I go, oh, my God, that was accurate. And I'm not saying this again. This is legitimately not a shot at Dan. It's just wow, I picked up something about me and knowing the truth. I'm like, oh, my God, this is accurate. And it's very frustrating because, first off, you're in a position where you're managing when I was, and I can't say exactly what's really going on. Uh, And then secondly, uh, being a personality and then also manager, like I used to say, it's like it was the equivalent of if Bernie Miklas got done with his show at 101 and then ran the radio station. That's what I was dealing with. Uh, And... It's just it's a it's a difficult spot because then people form their opinions on you. And our business is based more on like dislike oftentimes to get the first advertising buy. Then they experience a return on investment and then they're on board, as you can hear with the sponsors who've been on forever with us. Uh, And so if they're like, well, I didn't like what happened there. And I'm like, yeah, but that didn't happen. But I can't say anything because we have an insurance policy or because I don't want to engage in something that has no upside. And that's a weird spot. So that, I think, is kind of unique to the weird hybrid role I was in as being the guy who was operating it, but then also hosting a show. Like John Kiowski is the guy who runs 
the Hubbard cluster of radio stations, which is where 101 ESPN is. And I would imagine outside of radio people and some advertisers in St. Louis, most people I'm talking to right now have no idea who he is. But that's the position I was in for like four or five years, and I didn't want anything to do with it, but it was done out of necessity. So you're in a weird spot when you're managing, but you're also a peer of the people who sometimes you either have to let go or sometimes you have to like explain why there's a, a situation for a change. And then you're publicly on the record saying, you know, things that are awkward because you're also an on-air host. You know? Long story short, get your kid into radio. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. But with that said, since I know it all sounds like we're all bitching about it, I, I mean, do love, we it. love doing it. Yeah. I mean, it's just it's that it's that simple. And whenever it comes to an end, it'll be sad. I mean, there's mm-hmm. no way it, it won't be. There's no way it won't be. It's like because we've at times we've talked, not recently, uh, but certainly within the last few years. At times, like let's just move. You know, like this this crap from November to to March. It's like okay, if I'm lucky, I have thirty years left. Whatever, who knows? I'm lucky. Uh, and that means 15 years will be spent freezing and not really wanting to go outside and doing it. I mean, I'm just like, that's not the way I want to live. I said that this morning. Yeah. I mean, I said, you know what? I don't care one year from now, even if I don't care if I go down to Florida and I'm homeless, at least I'll be in warm weather. I'm just going to go down there and beg, you know, I go to Hollover beach, a lot of good (laughs) friends at the nude beach. There's a shower there. I can beg sandwiches, lay in the sun all day, take a shower, go crash somewhere warm. I don't care if I have any money. At least I'm warm. I really hate I'll go to cold. the Burger King in Jupiter. I know they have one. That's your place. Well, I mean, I, ha- I have a background in Burger King, so I think, That's boom, where you would go. right then and there. I think the Burger King's a nice play. All over Beach is a nice play. <laughs> but with well, that great said, you look at it and go, yeah, but I mean, I would miss doing the show. I wouldn't miss the weather from, you know, November through March, but I would legitimately miss doing the show. So I cannot, what you were saying, like the money thing. And again, I, there's, I mean, how can I, like... You know, oh, it's okay. I mean, it's a different situation. So I, <laughs> Iggy, I, don't worry about I, it, man. I, you know, so it, it, what a, you know, just fuck me to even like say. But I, we can all relate to this. You can't put a dollar value on not lying in bed, wi- eyes wide open on Sunday night, dreading the next five days. Oh, yeah. And I've o- I've only had it for a brief amount of time in my career. And it was it was during a few months of the morning grind when it really wasn't the morning grind in 2007 while the cat was getting a new bathroom. Uh, but it was just like a reminder, like, oh, my God, I don't I didn't realize how good I had it from 2004 to 2006, where not only was it fun, but it was effortless. Not because I'm like, oh, I don't want to work, but because the talent around me was so good that it was effortless. I mean, we could do we really could if we needed to do 10 hours of the show we really could i that know we fun. could i don't have a doubt in my mind we could do 10 hours of the show and be like yeah that was a long time but i don't know it didn't feel like 10 hours where when you're doing segments you're like oh my god we have 3 minutes left until the break and i don't know what in the hell i'm going to say to fill it so the show rec- would end with 15 minute breaks oh. i mean not end but it would be i mean you can't get into a topic and that's why i prefaced when i said it was the money but at the same time i said but I also enjoy getting up in the morning and coming to work. Right. So it's my my prerogative. I could quit radio and maybe go find a job at PT's, nice. being an entertainment coordinator or something. <laughs> um, you know, Bambi on stage six. But I truly enjoy what I do. So you know, I'm the one. If yeah. you know, if so I'm fucked up with no money, it's because I chose to do right. this. It's nobody else's fault. But I do enjoy doing what I do. Yeah. I mean, I, so I would imagine it's clear. But uh, I mean, for real, to be able to get up and laugh with five people you really like and respect every day and then get paid to do it. I mean, my God. It's just like, 
So like I said, when it, whenever it ends, whenever it ends, it'll be like, how can I bitch? Because no matter what, I've had about 20 years of doing this, you know, five in my hometown doing TV. And then at this point, you know, 16 almost in radio and then 14 with the show. I mean, how can I bitch? I've been so, so lucky. So, uh, yeah, I mean, of course there are some drawbacks and they're unique drawbacks because usually when you're a quote unquote public figure and I'm like on the lowest end of public figure, usually you either have some immense amount of money or power if you're a politician. In this case, we really don't have all that fame. Millions. Are you kidding me? Yeah, all the fame that was made reference to earlier. <laughs> uh, but yet you're still kind of blowing in the wind on some things. But, you know, I mean, is the juice worth the squeeze? Yes, at this point. But, you know, unfortunately, inevitably, it'll come to an end. But no matter what, when you can go, my God, to be able to do what we did for as long as we did it, how can you be any more fortunate? I mean, that's 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 the reality. All right. Great questions again from the audience. Uh, I hope our answers sufficed with the questions from the audience. Thank you to our sponsors, the HomeLoanExpert.com studios, James Carlton, James Carlton State Farm Insurance, Triad Bank, and, of course, Gateway. Buick GMC, I-270 at McDonald Boulevard online at St. Louis Buick GMC for your new, for your pre-owned, for your car repairs. It's Gateway Buick GMC online at St. Louis Buick GMC.com. Plowboy, Iggy, thank you so much, gentlemen. Thanks, buddy. Appreciate it, buddy. Seamaster, always wonderful on the ones and twos, and even making a vocal cameo two times here on this edition of Questions from the Audience. I'm your host, Tim McKernan. Thank you for listening on the Inside STL Podcast Network, live on podcast from the HomeLoanExpert.com studios.